Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host Brian with my co-host Ben Brandell, and today we're going to be talking about how to keep warm when enjoying time outdoors when it's cold. Hopefully we can give you some helpful tips and pointers so that you can still spend some time this fall and winter outdoors with your family and friends. Um, There are some things that people do wrong and there may be some things that uh, we do different that may really help you uh, really be more comfortable and, and more safe when enjoying time and cold conditions. But before we get started, we need to give thanks. Brian, Thanksgiving is just around the corner and... So many people have already skipped it and moved on to Christmas. I'm seeing Christmas lights. I've got Christmas music playing in the car. My wife's wanting to decorate for Christmas. I'm thankful for Thanksgiving, and I want to give thanks for that, and I cannot wait for Thanksgiving to get here so I can share even more things that I'm thankful for. That's really good, Ben. My, I do have a Christmas tree upstairs, and, and you got your Christmas tree out today, so are you feeling yeah. a little saucy about that? Well, I mean, a little bit. My wife asked me to get the Christmas tree out, and we haven't even, we haven't even been thankful yeah. yet for Thanksgiving. Any brown recluses in that Christmas tree box this year? I don't know. She's the one to open it up, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Be safe, babe. She hasn't, she hasn't called you, so I'm guessing not. Right. Yeah. No, uh, it, it is just a great time of year, though. Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that. Just looking forward to spending time with family and friends, and you've got hunting seasons, and... Uh, it is. It, it's a good time of year. I love this time of year. And uh, one of the things that I love the most is what I'm thankful for today. Um, and that's my kids. Um, you know, me me telling you that sometimes life is hard is not a shock to anybody. It's hard for everybody. I don't care how much um, you have or how much you don't have, how many people you have, how many you don't have. Life is hard. Um, and for kids, are, the Bible says that, that kids are a blessing from the Lord. And I really, truly feel that way. Um, even on days when they can be frustrating and difficult and you have to sacrifice the things that you like um, to be able to be a parent. But to have somebody that loves you unconditionally, that loves you just because you love them, um, when when life is hard and that really sticks out to you, uh, it feels good. It feels really good. So I'm, th- I'm really thankful for, for my kids today. That's good, Brian. Kids are amazing, man. Absolutely. But if you're going to go spend out time, if you're gonna go spend that, if you are going to go spend time outdoors with your kids in the winter, you gotta keep them warm, and it's really difficult not only to keep yourself warm and comfortable spending time outdoors in the cold, but for kids, they have a hard time communicating what they're really feeling. So, yeah. you you have the responsibility to keep them warm, um, and to Here, kind. Here's an example of that. My son went to, took him deer hunting, and I know that he. I could tell that he was getting cold, but man, I remember at that age, like, I felt like I whined a lot. Like, I'm like, my feet cold, my hands hurt, my head hurts, you know, all this stuff. And he was really never saying any of that. And I kept just checking in, how's your feet? How's your feet? I actually took his rubber boots off because he did say they were starting to get cold. And can't wait to talk more through more why I did that. But he kept saying his feet's pretty good. It's pretty good. But it's once we got down and started walking that he started saying, <laughs> Dad, my feet hurt bad, right? And was we, he walking like he had a pincushion in his shoe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we got back, I mean, they were cold. I mean, they they were definitely cold. They weren't frostbitten, and, and we weren't even waxy yet. It was just, right. they were just really cold toes, you know? And even after we walked, they were still kind of cold. And and so there is there is a process to that. But but at the end of the day, though, um, 
he's tough. I was proud of him because he pushed through it and he didn't want to complain and and he still got his toes today. Yeah. So. It was cold. The wind chill was way, well down into the teens, so it was a cold, a cold, cold morning. But right. why is it why is it so important? Why are we doing a whole podcast about how to dress and how to stay warm when it's cold? Why is it so important and why is it so overlooked? Because I feel like it is. I feel like I I, I share things that. Um, can seem simple and, and a lot of people are like oh man that's a great idea and i'll kind of adopt that and it's great to, sh- to share with each other on that but i i'm going to give you a reason why i think it is and and one is that so often in this world that we live in we can run and get warm we can jump in our car with our heater unless your truck's broken like mine and you don't have a heater or you can run back in your house to your fire or your furnace and put your feet right on the vent plug in the heater I mean, shops, we just have heaters. We have this climate control, whether it's hot or whether it's cold, everywhere. So I do think there are some common things that people did and have done for centuries that we can adopt and even make better because we have modern clothing and modern uh, machinery to make some of the things that we have now um, that that can really make us more safe and more enjoyable when we're out there. But why is it so important? So for me, the the goal for this podcast is honestly to share kind of how to to dress, whether that be how to help people like your children or family members prepare to go outdoors um, or you personally what to wear. Because I remember growing up, I was miserable so many times when I went out, especially in the cold environments. We're talking here in the temperate climate where it's, you know, fall, winter. Um, summer can be just as awful, but, but most of my experiences of where I've been in pain or uncomfort is in the wintertime, that fall, wintertime. And so... I wish I would. I wish I knew then what I know now, because Absolutely. I'd love to have been more comfortable. That's yeah. So that's why we're doing this, so that people can know. People right. can know some of these things that we're sharing. We don't know it all, but right. these are things that we've used and Correct. things we're going to put into into play tomorrow and later this week when we're out teaching in the cold. But it's also important because people have died by not dressing correctly either. Right. So why not share this information if it's going to help someone to? Usually it's pride and ego that's that's killing people mm. in regards to these cold months why we're going out and, and dying yeah. from And some sometimes it's it's simply not knowing and whether you don't Correct. know because of pride or ego, whatever, but really it's it's because of not knowing. Um you know, if you've heard any of our previous previous podcasts about um any of our survival topics, we're always gonna hit on that core four food, fire, shelter, and water. Why I bring that up here is because Shelter we've hit on before is your most important, especially where we live here, because so many months of the year, hypothermia is such a risk. It's actually the number one thing that kills people in the outdoors here where we live. It's hypothermia, and people don't realize that, but shelter is what prevents that from happening, proper shelter, and your very first line of shelter is your clothing. People are so quick to think about um the debris hut that they can build or the tarp that they can put up or uh, we teach a trash bag that you can cover yourself with. But if you dress properly, you could actually lay down and sleep in your first line of shelter with your clothes and survive a night or two without actually ever building anything. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it is our first line of shelter. That's when you get up of the morning, it's one of the first things you do. You actually take clothes off to put clothes on. Some of us just put clothes on before we head out, but going out the door, we have some sort of shelter on our body. Yeah. And the question is, is are you are you planning ahead enough to have on the correct shelter for that day? Or 
are you planning ahead enough or being responsible enough to throw in something extra or or different than what you have on that you can leave in your in your vehicle? Right. Leave in your backpack. So I think we've established that it's important, and I think we've established that we're passionate about sharing this. What I do want to share before we really dive in is that this this can be a little bit personal, and it needs to be personal. Personal, and it's kind of almost like when we teach about a bug out bag. You need to build the bug out bag for you. There are things you need to consider about yourself, physiological things that you need to consider um, when you're talking about what type of clothing is best for you, what's going to keep you the most safe, and what's going to keep you the most warm. What kind of conditions do you have? Right. Right. Because it does matter what you think about what you wear every day. Some people put on a suit and tie every single day. Some people may never get out of their pajamas. Mm-hmm. And everybody in between, you know, what is it that you're wearing and putting on, especially when you go outside of your of your house, your home, your vehicle? What What is it that you're wearing? And is it going to help delay your decay in this temperate climate in this fall, winter months that we're in? Right. And And what are you going to be doing? Like... What are you? What activity are you doing outdoors too? Correct. That's a huge part That's of it. That's a so huge part of what, it. What's the first thing to consider, Ben? Let's let's jump right into this. Well, it's you talked about kind of identifying you yourself, and that's what you have to know. What is your body temperature? Your body has to regulate your body temperature, which is different than mine, it's different than yours. Even if it's a an nth of a degree, a full degree, whatever that is, it, your body has to stay at the temperature that it was created to be at. Okay. So why do we have to know what our body temperature is? You don't have to know the actual temperature, but you have to understand that your body has to stay at that temp. Oh, right. So there are some people that can actually go outside in cooler temperatures and be okay. There's some people that go in hotter temperatures and be okay. There are some people that can flex. You know, a lot of people leave where we live and go south because they hate winter that yeah. much. Their bones hurt. Their body hurts. They can't want to get around there's people that love to live up in the northern states where it is brutally cold all the time and they're out ice fishing, right? And there's people like, I couldn't go do that. Right. So know who you are, know what your body can handle. Do I also believe that you can go out and practice and train? I was going to say, does acclimation play any role in this? Definitely. The longer that you stay somewhere, your body absolutely does. Because I know, I, know, I know the first time, let's say we get to freezing 32 degrees Fahrenheit, the first time in the fall that we hit that, I'm like gun! that is the coldest 32 I've ever felt. But yeah. by the time we get to February and we get a day that's finally 32 again, I'm yeah. like, woo, bust out my sweatshirt. Let's go. This feels good. Not so cr- there is crazy. definitely some acclimation I feel personally that happens for me. When I spend more time outdoors in the cold, it doesn't bother me as much. Right. And, th- and that's where that's why we're just saying know who you are. There's some people that need more coats than other people. So think through what that is. However, though, our body has to regulate whatever temperature it is. And that's what you have to start being in caution because that's where the pride and ego gets. And that's what I was sharing earlier that, and I'll just call out men. A lot of men are like, I don't need that. I can toughen. I can toughen. I can be tough. I can get through this. Right. But there are times where your body is not tough enough to persevere through the climate that's about to change that evening, that morning, yeah. that rain that turns to snow, that wind that's making your temperature from... 32 degrees to to 16 degrees because of the wind chill, like, it can kill you. It can kill you. It does kill people every year. And once your body temperature truly does start to drop, things 
compound and happen so fast because you you start to lose use of your body. You start to lose use of your brain. And there are conditions that can happen really, really quickly that make this, this isn't a slow process. If you, for some reason, were to get wet and be in the wind and the temperatures be cool, I mean, you're talking about minutes that you have um, to really make sure that your body is keeping the temperature that it, that it is putting off. Remember, uh, we said this kind of in our in our myth podcast on Monday, our bodies do not produce cold. They only produce heat. And so when we are talking about our clothing, our first line of shelter, the whole idea is to catch it. We want to catch it. We want to keep it on us so that our core is staying around that 98 degree mark, whatever your body temperature is. It's going to be, you know, within a degree or so of 98. Yeah. And so we're talking about trapping your body heat. Um, and just like you said, our body is producing heat. So how are we losing our heat? And there's different ways that we lose our heat. Um, one would be conductive heat loss. You have convection. I guess I call it convective. You have the radiant heat loss and you have evaporative heat loss. And so with all of those types of heat loss, we have to trap in our body heat, especially this time of year in our fall and, and winter months. Yes. Yeah. And you can pretty quickly tell, you know, today it is... I don't know, what's it, in the 40s today? Low 40s today? If, if you yep. were to go outside right now, low 40s and cloudy, you can pretty quickly identify where your heat's escaping and where it's not. Right. Where does it feel cold? Well, you know, here's, a, here's an example of some of the ones I talked about. So when I said conductive, when me and my son were in the tree stand hunting, my body, my physical, like my actual skin touching anything that I'm sitting on. So we were in a metal ladder stand. And when you sit on that cold metal metal stand, we're talking about conductive heat loss there, that that cold thing is is cooling your body down. That's why I wanted to make sure that I took a barrier between me and especially even for my son when he was sitting on that metal ladder stand, I took a foam pad for him to sit on. Because if he sets directly on something cold, that is what's called conductive heat loss. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, if... The easiest way to say that is nobody wants to grab a cold piece of metal without a pair of gloves on. Nobody right. wants to. Right, and that's the same way you said if you're dressed correctly, you could lay on the ground and right. sleep. You still have to have a barrier between you and the ground, especially in snow, especially as it, well, any time on the ground because it's going to be conductive. It's going to be pulling heat from yeah. you. So there's one. You also have then your convective heat loss, and that actually occurs when the body heat warms the air adjacent to your body and that air then rises and moves away from your body and fresh cold air replaces it can anybody think of an example of that wind the wind yeah and that's what you hate it's what i hate my least favorite outdoor element can't stay in the wind it takes it from you right and so well i gotta i need to rephrase that just a little bit no wind is really awful too and i'm going to say that because all you deer hunters out there, when there's no wind, you're like, where the heck is my scent going? And it's going, you feel like it's going everywhere. So just a little tiny wind is good for hunting. And the same thing for fishing. You need just what I call fishing chop on the water. Right. Because they don't see your lure as good. That's so right. flat calm right. is bad for both those situations. And too much wind just makes nothing fun and nothing easy. Agreed. And, and you're right. I agree with you there. Um, and they have radiant heat loss, and that's caused by the escape of infra infrared radiation from the body. Um, you know, Brian and I will, as we talk about layering a little bit, we'll talk through why certain products have mm -hmm. some of these things they have to help keep you warm. And then your evaporative heat loss that occurs when you sweat 
when the sweat sweats on your skin and it starts evaporating from you. And so um, you had talked about trapping your body heat. Those are the types of ways that we lose it. So we need to trap it. And that really kind of gets into what I was taught in college. And we've worked through so many times talking about, which is layering, layering, layering. Mm-hmm. You got to layer your clothing. Absolutely. So let's tell somebody, let's tell people listening how they should dress. I'm going to give you a little bit of a scenario, and I want you to kind of walk through how you would coach somebody to go out and be safe and comfortable in those conditions. It's 25 degrees, got a 10-mile-an-hour wind, partly cloudy, and they're going to be going out. Let's say they're going to be going out hunting. They're going to be going out, and they're going to spend some time walking, some time sitting. That may apply to other things like hiking and stuff well, but some time walking, some time sitting. How would you suggest somebody prepare? So you, you've talked about the activity. Mm-hmm. So looks like walking and setting is the activity. You know, right. people are like, well, deer hunting's activity. No, it's what are you physically doing? You're you're walking, and then the lack of that, the physical walking, is, is sitting yeah. and doing nothing. And and, and we're stressing that because it makes a huge difference, and so much so that when I when I am walking to my tree stand, if it's 25 degrees, I am carrying some of my clothes. Because I do not want to sweat. Why don't I want to sweat? Well, well, let's get into that. Another yeah. example is, is people wear, you know, their their business suits, their the clothing they're going to wear to work, even when it's negative twenty five outside. Right. They're not going to bundle up because now they have to unbundle when they get inside that that heated warm shelter. So that's why we have been so passionate about sharing. Keep those extra warm items in your trunk, in your car, in a backpack somewhere to that. Yeah, you're good when you go to work. You know, thankfully we have heaters in the car that get us to the heaters at work that then get us heaters back to the car, which then get us heaters to our home. It's great. But at any any moment any of those go down, we have to then begin to layer. Mm-hmm. And we have to be careful of of sweating. And so that's what we talked about. Another way of, of the rapid heat loss is by us sweating. So in combination of us being wet and with that wind, at any time as that wind's coming by and removing that, it's rapid heat loss. And so earlier we talked about your body staying at whatever temperature it's supposed to be, 97, 98, 99, wherever you ride. And if it begins to drop, you're looking at hypothermia. And if it rises too high, we're looking at hyperthermia. You know, this is more geared around our climate temperature um, of fall and, and winter months, these colder times. And so we don't want to get wet because as you get wet, then things can freeze faster. Right. Right. Or if it's windy and you're wet, now it's removing heat even faster from you. So you have to block it and you have to layer. Um, how I would answer your question of what I would wear before I go out is now that I know it's, you said 25 degrees mm-hmm. outside. I know that you say the wind was about 10 miles per hour. Yeah. About 10 miles an hour. And Gusting up to 15. If it's gusting up to 15. What's funny is we joke, but we actually look at this before we go we out do, and do yeah. what we're going to do. How how high are the winds today? What what are they estimating, right? Yeah. Even so, the direction that they're coming well, out. Well, that was too. my next question. Yeah. You didn't share which direction, yeah. but because I'm assuming we're in the fall, winter months, and because it's cold, yeah. I'm going to say north. We're actually north, northeast on this day. And northeast on this day. Great. <laughs> no, north, so, north, oh, north, northeast. Perfect. <laughs> Well, when I make my shelter, I'll make sure my opening doesn't face that yeah, direction. So um, now that I have that information, I want to ensure that I first am wearing what's called a base layer. Um, it's cold enough for me that I am going to wear a base layer under my my middle layer, my insulating mm-hmm. layer. 
And that's because I know that I'm going to be walking and hiking. So I am going to produce sweat as I'm walking and I need that sweat to stay off of my skin. So again, base layer, you want a wicking layer. You know, we haven't talked about cotton yet. We're getting ready to. What is a base layer for everybody listening? It's what's touching your skin, okay. directly laying on top of your skin. That is your base layer. Right. So when people say long johns or long underwear, yes. you're, you're talking about base layers. And they have made, you know, when I was a kid, it was just the the white scratchy long johns. And, and they've gotten so much better. And there are so many options uh, ranging from well, hang on. not very so, much at Walmart to really, really expensive at some of these outdoor stores. Right. Diesel. What's his name? Diesel. Yes. Shaq? No, the the actor, bald-headed, Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel. That dude could pull off. He'd cut the sleeves off of that base layer. <laughs> the itchy white one you talked about, he pulled it off well. But that is great. That That's that's what we're talking about is that white scratchy. You also have the ones that are one piece. Got yeah. the booty flap. You remember those at all? Did you oh, ever? red ones? Like, no, they, yeah, I had the red ones. Pat Paul. Pat you just have that booty flap if you ever needed to go. <laughs> but people wore that. Here's why. I don't wear those because they're made of cotton. Cotton. Yeah. And I didn't know that growing up. I didn't yeah. know that was it was huge because No, that's just what that's what there was. That's what, that's we, what had. we were given. That's what was affordable. So that's right. what we had. And it did it did help keep you warm unless you sweat it all and got it wet. Correct. Then it was working backwards. But right. um so what now that we've said what a, a base layer is and that that's the first thing we need to put on, what makes a good base layer? What no matter what it is you're buying, your base layer needs to honestly wick away that moisture i mean that's what it's your it's why it's your first layer right so you're, um, lo- you're looking for things that are moisture wicking and most of the time it's going to be your synthetics your clothing that's made out of yeah i mean your fancy words are hydrophobic cotton. and hydro yes all of those fancy words what we're talking about is it needs to be a synthetic layer which we've talked before and i think it was in our other podcast we're talking about polyester polypropylene um they don't absorb water yeah. it may have some spandex in it to, to a lot of them are, are stretchy what you don't want is cotton or even cotton blends. You don't want any cotton in it at all because cotton does kill. It holds moisture, and moisture and wind don't mix, and they can absolutely kill you. It's not an exaggeration. So look for something that is made, and there are so many options. There, Most of them that are out there today are made of not cotton, and, and so most of them will be great options. A Just a personal tip, and this is just from me, Literally wearing long johns for months and months on end. I would, not the same pair. I would take them off and wash them. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I have found that if mine are a little bit more loose, I actually stay more warm than if they're super, super tight. And a lot of them that you can buy are going to be like skin, skin tight. One, I'm more comfortable. Two, I feel like there's an extra layer of air i'm catching an extra pocket of air between my skin and my and i'm not saying like loose baggy pants but the ones that cut off circulation to my feet i don't want those on i want a little bit of extra air between my skin and those pants and i don't want any uh restriction of circulation right you know and what you're talking about we are gonna have to dig into a little bit more here in just a minute um because you truly are impacting um what your body's doing how tight the clothing is Mm -hmm. so but we'll talk about that in just a second because there's also something that people can Google and look up, which is called micro channel fibers. And there are companies out there that, that like hire chemists. And I mean, I've done so much research on base layers and 
you know, I've heard of Polar Tech. I actually had a Polar Tech before. There's so many brands nowadays, but I mean, there are reasons and there, there are fabrics that they're using that actually help to truly pull the, the moisture from your body, from your skin to the outer side of the, the base layer so that your next layer that you're going to apply, which is insulation, the heat from your body as it's trapped in that insulation can begin to dry out your base layer, which that whole process is crazy that there are scientists that are sitting studying like, how do we perfect this clothing to right. do what well, it needs to do? Well, there's people that need it. So there's a market for it and there's people that need it and there's people that will buy it. So yeah, of course, of course there's people studying it. Right. You know, lastly on the base layer, like you're talking about, you said you liked it loose. Um, it, it can't be so tight that it's constricting mm-hmm. because as you begin to, to restrict anywhere on your body, now you're restricting blood flow and your blood flow, because as we've talked in our, our Myth Minute, or Myth Monday podcast, we talked about how anytime you constrict it, your body cannot, your blood cannot be pushed from the end back and warm it if you're having any kind of restriction. Right. So you do want a looser wearing base layer, but you don't want it so loose that as you're walking and moving, your legs pull all, you know, the the ankle part of your pants are pulling, you know, coming all the way up to your knees. Like they need to, to fit you correctly. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Where you're looking for your gaps, where you're looking for, where we're trying to trap that air is your insulating layer, which is your second layer you're going to be putting on. So you're going to be putting your insulating layer over your base layer. What's a good example of a quality insulating layer? Something that everybody would know is fleece. Right. You know, when you use the word fleece, people can identify what that truly is, but there are so many, so many different kinds of wool, is another example. What about a pair of blue jeans? Well, what are blue jeans made of? I don't know. What are they made of? Okay, they're made of cotton. <laughs> so anything made out of cotton, just don't wear it. Just don't yeah. wear it. If you're wanting to take cotton with you, then take a cotton handkerchief. Yeah. Handkerchief, however you want to call it. Booger, wiper, whatever you got. Take that if you, if you want cotton. But I'd leave all cotton at home, period. Because cotton does kill. Because it absorbs water and you, you cannot dry it out no matter how big a fire you got you're not going to dry your cotton out to, yeah. to get you through the night ain't gonna happen yeah think about i mean even a, a towel that you dry off with when you get out of the shower sometimes if you, if you shower at night and it hangs up there all night long and you get up and you shower again the next day you grab that towel and you're like oh my goodness it's still wet it's, it's cotton it doesn't dry out i don't care that it's had 12 hours um and especially if you've got it covered by other clothes so can't stress enough um, to to stay away from cotton for sure, right. and that that's for every layer, not just your base layer. Where every layer we're talking about should be something synthetic. So, if you look at fleece, I think most most fleece it may feel or look cottony, but I think most of it's polyester, right? Say it again. I think most fleece is polyester. Uh, fleece is a synthetic fiber. Yes, uh, it could be polyester, um, polypropylene, like we talked about earlier. There is a third one that I didn't talk about, which is down. Mm. And and I know that in my sleeping bag, that's why I bought this. Is I have a down sleeping bag. I know that there are vests. Which which down is actually the the small feather insulating layer of feathers on a bird, typically a waterfowl. Right, and if it keeps them warm, yeah, should keep us warm, right? Right. However, when we get into those types of of products, you do have to have chemicals to help keep them waterproof. Right. If down gets wet, then it doesn't. It, it can't keep you warm anymore. And so there's there's products now called like Down Tech that they're going to spray to keep you that down open and wide so that it's trapping heat. But otherwise, we have to be careful in in 
what fabrics you can get wet like fleece. Yeah, this just hit me as yep. you're as you're explaining this and a little bit upset with myself that I didn't think of this before we started. Um, because so many times we can look to creation for the answer. So even the answer of to the question of how should I dress to stay warm, you just told us we can look to creation for that. So birds literally have down and down is not just all the feathers on a bird a lot of people think it's just the feathers if you uh look at a bird if you're able to be fortunate enough to touch a bird it will have tiny little short like inch long feathers that are really really fluffy they're not all packed down like the rest of their feathers because they lack what's called uh, barbs and barbules so they space out they create a whole bunch of surface area to trap a whole bunch of air and that would be like their base layer that'd be like their base layer and then they have primary, secondary, tertiary, all these layers. Notice a theme here? Mm -hmm. All these layers over the top. And then you know what they do? They have special glands that produce oils and chemicals from their body, and they have to do what's called preening to all the outdoor feathers to help keep them dry. It is literally the same thing that we're telling you how you should dress. This is how a waterfowl does it. Exactly. Pretty good example. We can go back even further. Why do we even need clothing? Why why did that ever start? Why did it happen? The Bible references clothing 259 times. And the very first time that we see clothing is in Genesis. Fig leaf. Well, right after the fall. Yep. Adam and Eve are embarrassed because they, they know they've done something wrong. They feel this nakedness. So, yeah, they grab a leaf. It must have not been very cold in the garden. Correct. <laughs> must have felt real good in the garden at the time. But, yeah, they grabbed a leaf. And God's like, that leaf ain't good enough. God literally is the first one to kill an animal, sacrifice the animal to give man clothing. Mm. And it says here, this is Genesis 3, 21, 3 to 1. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. Clothed right. them with animals. Wasn't just plants. Now, what's crazy is looking at today, we've gotten away from using animals. And now we're actually using more plant-based. Right. So that's interesting. That'd be a whole nother podcast we can get into. But God's the one that clothed us first because we needed it because we're naked. Absolutely. And that's wild, but that's still happening today. Yeah, I, I think the, the getting away from animals is almost cultural. Mm-hmm. It, it has such a stigma around it. Also, it's really expensive. Now, I can think of, you You mentioned the down, so that's one thing that, that people use, and we sleep on down pillows, and we have down comforters, um, but also wool. Wool's a, a really great clothing that is from an animal. Yeah. Um, that is still really common to be used, and it's actually more affordable than it used to be. It, it's gotten more common, but most things, um, if you're going to have, uh, say you, you shot a deer and you wanted to have it turned into a, what whatever kind of clothing you wanted to have it turned into, it is so expensive now to have hides tanned and turned into clothes that it's more effective for you just to go buy something right plus clothing has taken so much advancements because of human knowledge and passion and skill that a lot of what we can produce out of synthetics is actually better than animal clothing mm-hmm. it it is it's 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 gotten there because of the time and knowledge that we've gained through spending hours and hours like sending people out using it learning it what yeah. works what doesn't work um but yeah, to, to kind of finish on your scenario of I'm going out hunting, 
again. Yeah, I'm sorry. I totally got us off track there. I just had that kind of wild moment of, oh my gosh, these birds, this is what they do. What we're teaching is what these birds do. So sorry to get us off track, but yeah, get us back into, we've got a quality base layer. We've got a quality synthetic insulating layer. What's next? You can see that we have fallen as man because we had to be clothed. Mm -hmm. You just talked about a bird. It has everything it needs. It does. It does what it's supposed to do every day. It has what it needs. It's not It's not flying around worried about clothing. It's got it. Yep. Whereas we, because of consequences, we have to. And that's where we're at. And that's why we have to learn how to layer and how to dress, especially for the outdoors. So let's recap really quick. We're talking about layering. You need to layer. The first thing that, that's going to be touching your skin is called your base layer. You really want it to be something synthetic, not cotton. You truly do. Your underwear, your socks... Your pants, your shirts, they need to be made of anything but mm-hmm. cotton. When we talk about socks, that's a base layer. It's going on my feet. I prefer wool. I wear wool year-round on my socks. If I'm not wearing socks, socks is because I'm wearing chacos most yeah. of the time. So that kind of gives you an insight. For my pants, I don't always wear a... That's why your feet always stink. That's right, stinky feet. <laughs> I just don't wash them. That's why they stink. On the pants side of it, I buy really long wool socks that come all the way above my knee. So I don't always have to have a base layer pant that's going to be right up against my skin because I have long socks. Love that. It's a great great thing I learned. After you get into that whole base layer setup, now you got to what's really a, actually your second layer. I'm calling, it, I'm calling it an insulating layer to kind of help you understand like this is what's going to be trapping your body heat that's coming off of your body. This is where all of that's being stored in that clothing. Then your third layer is the outer layer. And this one, to me, I've always felt like this is the most important. I know that we've, I've debated people before, but this outer layer is the most important one to me because this one is what's going to make or break everything else I've done. If the wind isn't, my clothing isn't stopping the wind coming through and taking all the heat that's stored in my insulating layer, then what's the point of having the insulating layer? Mm -hmm. And that's where we get to the outer layer. Your outer layer, you really have two types. In the fun rec world, they call them soft shells and hard shells. But what we're really talking about is can it block wind and can it block rain? And those are your your types of outer shells. So what are examples of that? Could be a trash bag like we've talked before. Could be just wrapping in a tarp. Or it could be going out and buying all the products they have for rain jackets, raincoats. Yeah, Gore-Tex we've talked about before when we're talking about rain gear. Cortex is a great one, um, but you got to be careful because they they do make insulated uninsulated versions of both of these. So if you are just going to wear, if you are just going to wear a base layer and say an insulating, we'll say you're wearing a synthetic Under Armour hoodie over your base layer, and then you're going to put a coat over that, and you're going out on 25 degrees with 15, 15 mile an hour wind gusts, it needs to be an insulated layer that you finish with as well because you want to block the wind and trap some of your heat and block the water. And there are shells that you can buy that are just a shell. They're not insulated. Right. That's why you got to be careful on what's your activity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have a, you can buy like 400 gram insulating factor and, and there's all these different thicknesses. Uh, weights. Yeah. Of thicknesses, weights, names, measurements of all this stuff. But if you have something that's really puffy and thick as a coat, that is great when you're setting still, but if you are out walking constantly or getting into a more aggressive hike, you're going to start sweating in that. It's going to hold all that in. Right. So that's why you have to be careful. It's genius what you said of carrying in, carry that coat in on your hike, 
once you get in your stand, once you get to your campsite, once you get to your swing set in the back, wherever you're wanting to go and just play for the day, as you sit down and let your body start to rest, you're not going to be producing as much heat. You're not going to be producing as much sweat. Let your body cool, but you can't rapid cool. But as it starts cooling, then now you can begin to add on your insulating layer and your outer layer if need be. Right. Yeah. So an example of what you're saying, when it is December, when we have muzzleloader season, that's usually about the first time that I, I break out the insulated waterproof bibs and the insulated waterproof coat. And I usually will wear my bibs, but I'll unzip them. I'll, I'll have the front unzipped and I'll have the legs unzipped if I'm walking and I'm thinking of a particular spot that I hunt, you know, walking in three quarters of a mile and I will literally, my coat will be in my backpack. Right. And so I'll just have my base layer and my insulating layer and I'll walk in that way and I will sit down and cool off for a minute, a cu- I'll say a couple minutes um, before I put all that back on because if I just put it on right away, I'm still huffing and puffing from my hike. I do want to cool down just a little bit so I know I'm not going to sweat. Then I'll go ahead and zip up and I'll pull that coat on. But there is a balance there of don't let yourself get cold and don't put it on so fast that you get hot. But hundreds and hundreds of times I've carried clothes in and put them on later. And and not to get into the weeds because we really could, you and I geek out on this stuff, but when you start carrying in your clothing and really smashing your clothing down, you, all, you also have to be really careful on that. If you're like, if you have like a down sleeping bag, a down coat, and you're smashing it as tight as you can, when you go to open that thing up to use it, you, you may have to baffle it. You may have to well, you may have to hit it and knock it to wake it up, to move it around, to fill all that dead space. Yeah. If it's all packed down in that corner, it, it can't trap your, it can't insulate anymore. It's right. done. That's why when you get into your, your poly, uh, polyester, poly, po, ha, polypropylenes, all your synthetic fibers, a lot of them will stay fluffy even when smashed, but they're heavier. So again, pros and cons to all of this, taking in lightweight, heavy, but again, it needs to be fat and fluffy to trap in your heat. Yeah, this time of year, if you're if you're done camping, really, I don't like to leave it for more than a day or two. But anytime you're putting away your sleeping bag, whether it's the end of hunting season and you've had it out, don't leave it in the stuff sack. Don't leave it rolled up. However you've stored it, you need to pull it out and stretch it out and let it lay. I usually like to find something that can kind of lay and maybe hang hang just a little bit. But you don't really want to hang it up. You want to have it laid out and you don't want it stuffed into a sack and not only will it be better the next time you use it you'll get more life out of that sleeping bag it will last you more years than if you're storing it stuffed in a stuff sack all the time correct yeah and, and it wears out i mean it, it does break down you can bring some of that back to life um especially like in your rain gear side of as it starts not being able to to be wicking anymore to wick away the moisture 30 compressions and two breaths oh yeah 32 to to stand alive you got to sing the song real loud but um there are yeah there are ways that you can bring some of your equipment back um but one of the best ways is to take care of it you know use it correctly store it correctly so when looking for an outer layer the same can be said on how you store it you don't want to store it all all crinkled and smashed up but you want people to you want to encourage them to find something that blocks the wind. So it'll it'll say wind blocker or Gore-Tex or or lined. You want something that blocks the wind and you want something that keeps you dry. Those are the two most important things of all of this. Everything that's underneath that outer shell is trapping your heat and keeping it in. And that outer shell's job is to, you know, it's going to trap the heat too, but its real job is to protect all those bottom layers so that the heat that's being trapped isn't being escaped and ruined by water and wind. 
you know, earlier we talked about soft shell, hard shell. There are some different levels of those. Um, and, and like you're talking about, the main, the main reason is we want to trap in our heat and we want to keep water out, you know. Mm. But there are different types of outer layers you can buy. The wind products that are out there that's going to block the wind, they don't always block the rain or the snow, you know, melting snow. They don't do that. And so you really need to read up on what it can do. Yeah. You also have types that will block out the rain and melting snow. But not the wind. But not the wind, but they're not breathable. Right. And you will sweat in those so bad that now you're now you're a, a, a wet puddle in the inside. Like, So they do have fabrics that are waterproof and breathable. And then you have products that have like what I'm going to call zip pits. So they're great to block wind, but they start adding zippers in your armpits and every and in your areas, like even groins in your pants, to so you can zip them to help cool yourself faster, so that you don't begin to sweat. But that type will never ever be waterproof. Right. And so there are many. So there's so many different kinds out there, but it really is based on what is the activity you're doing. Are you going to go rock climb? Are you going to go ice climb? Are you going out to hunt? Are you going out for just a, a good stroll by the the lake as it's freezing and you want to take beautiful yeah. pictures? Whatever your activity is, make for sure that you're you're planning for that activity by taking the correct clothing. Make sure you have a base layer, an insulating layer, and an outer outer layer. And you do not have to wear all those all at the same time. That's what's no. awesome about layering. It's like an onion. You can you can take layers off, and the cool part is is when you need to, you can put them right back on. Yeah, and I, I still before we finish, I still want to hit on the the head, hands, and feet, but just kind of a, a safety side that I want to hit on before we move on is what you're wearing should fit. And, and why I'm saying that is if it is too tight and then you add another layer that's too tight, it really, it really restricts your movement and, and it's not safe. Say you're climbing a tree stand or climbing in a boat or even, yeah, climbing up a, a side of a hill on a, a, a hiking trail, you may need to reach to grab a tree and you may not be able to extend your arm all the way. And we have to think that far because it needs to fit you. It also can't be too big because right. then you get into, it could catch on something. You could get blisters. It, it, it needs to properly fit you. Correct. And it needs to be, I don't want to say loose, but you need to be able to move. You need to be comfortable in it. Yeah. If, if you really want. It can't be have, restricted. I mean, that word is restricted. Right. You don't want to be restricted and no. you don't want it to be just hanging off of you. You want to be comfortable in it. And Part of that is you are going to actually trap a little bit more body heat because there's some air pockets in there. If everything is tight and restricted, you're not actually trapping as much. And that's the fine line. I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up because I, I we ask the question, if you wear 100 jackets, are you going to be more warm than wearing two? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, you got 100 on. No, because you've literally flattened. You've, you've smashed all that insulating layer out. Now, will you be warm? Yes, of course. Right. But now you're so restricted. Your body is so smack. You can't even walk. You can't even move. So, so I want to, I'm going to, I have a little story for that. You know, as we're explaining this and we're talking about 25 degrees with a 15 mile an hour wind, you know, we're talking about a pretty good wind chill and even colder than this, you know, down to 15 degrees, this three layer system is really about all that we're going to wear. And that only works if you have good clothing that is properly fit and that it's synthetic. And proof of that for me is when I was a kid and all these clothes weren't out there, I couldn't get them. If they were, I would wear the original cotton base layers 
and then maybe some jeans over that. Now look, I'm doubled up cotton, cotton. I would wear two pairs of socks. One would be wool, but guess what my first one would be? Cotton. I have cotton on still, right? Then, from an insulating layer, I put on a pair of cotton insulated bibs. Then, because I'm still cold, I take a cotton Carhartt jacket and I put it over the top of that. I can't move. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm like the Michelin man. I'm right. not comfortable. I can't move. And I'm still stinking cold. cold. Mm -hmm. I wear half of that now. I wear a base layer, an insulating layer, and then my quality insulated waterproof outer layer. And I am so comfortable. I could Honestly, I could probably jog a mile if I have shoes that I could run in. I could jog a mile in that. I would be so hot if I did. Well, and that's you're bringing up the best point is you need to know you need to try these things out and figure it out. And that's why I'm saying know your body temp, know who you are, because there are times where you don't even need a base layer. If you're wearing the correct insulating layer that will still wick away moisture mm -hmm. and, and trap your body heat, then it's perfect. Because the moment that you start adding on another layer, layer sitting still, your body might start to sweat. Right. And if it isn't wicking away and you're setting in your own sweat, now you're going to get cold. It's going to remove your heat. That's why it is important to to learn what works for you and your body especially your body weight. Mm -hmm. if, if you are a heavier set person, you may tend to sweat more than someone that's not. Know your body, know what know what you need, and, and know how to uh, how to dress according to that. Right. The point I'm really trying to make is there's something to be said on, on what we're trying to teach here because you don't need as many clothes, and well, you're going to be more comfortable and more warm if you do it right. the correct way. You're spot on. You're also not restricting your vessels, your blood vessels from right. doing what they're supposed to do. So you had talked about restriction. Um, when you start adding on all those layers, standing up, you may be a little bit better, but most people are setting down. And as you're setting down, all that stuff's restricting in your groin, restricting in your armpits. Think about where it's always all tight on mm -hmm. you when you're setting down. You know, now your body's having a hard time of moving the blood from beginning to end like it's supposed to because you're restricting those areas. That's why I took my son's boots off when we were in the deer stand. I told you earlier, I took his boots off. You know, it's, was it 27 or 24 degrees? It felt like 16. And I took his boots off his feet because I knew they started hurting him because there was no insulation in his rubber boot. I had two pairs of socks on him. I had uh, his base layer. The one that was up against him was a synthetic as a polypropylene sock. On the outside of that, I put a wool sock on. Now, he doesn't have his own wool socks. He was borrowing mine, so I knew they were a little too big. But once we put him into those boots, it was way too tight. Right. It was just too tight. It was restricting that blood flow that he needed. So I found it better to remove that boot off. And as I did, he goes, Dad, that feels so much better. Yeah. Boots, but, boots that are too tight will actually, yeah, what you're saying, boots that are too tight will make your feet colder even if they're big insulated boots, if they're too tight, your feet are going to still be cold in them. And that's what a lot of guys are doing. They're buying the normal size. Uh, let's say you wear a size 10 or 11. You yep. wear that. Well, the moment you start putting on thicker socks, but it's it's hard to go buy a, a size bigger, two sizes bigger, because when you, how often are you going to wear those? Mm -hmm. Well, the one week out of the year, that's that cold. So it is tough, but by, you know, not... By not buying shoes big enough and adding those bigger, thicker wool socks, it is going to make your feet colder for yeah. sure. Well, while we're on feet, I'm going to give a couple of my personal tips that I've found over the years. Um, you know, I, I used to I used to work uh, in the hunting industry, so pretty much every single day 
for several years was I was either out hunting or working on the farm. So these are things that I just found that worked for me. I mean, you really, once you find something that works, you really latch onto it because it, it affects you every day. And one of those is what I call the toe oven. For me, my, my toes are always the very, very first thing that's going to go cold. They're farthest away from your heart. They're below your heart. Um, and also your body is going to, um, when it's, once it does start to feel cold, it's going to constrict blood vessels. So it's going to be harder to get blood down to them. But I always wear a, a base layer sock as well but you still have to make sure it's not cotton. Something I have found that I really like, um, which there's hiking socks, and all of these are actually going to prevent blisters really well too um, if you are having to wear some bigger boots, but just make sure there's no cotton. But what I have found is um, they make really, really nice athletic socks now, like for basketball players and football players that prevent blisters, and they even have padding in them. So before before you're getting into these products, we used to use nylon. We used to use pantyhose. Right. But it's we would buy it. that would be our base layer for our foot would well, be the pantyhose so much better well and, but that's what you're talking about that's yeah. why I wanted to share that quickly before you keep going on because I want you to tell them what you do yeah. and what you're using but that all came from it used to be pantyhose and now they're starting to add more things to the pantyhose exit pretty much which are synthetic fibers yeah. and it could be us they're they're also adding wool so most of the smart wool socks you're buying like merino wool all that I wear them out pretty quick the merino goes away and yeah. what leaves behind. Well, they're really base layer. Well, correct. They right. are base layer, but they've mixed them nowadays. So you're talking about you love the synthetic sock. Uh-huh. It's it's holding. It's working for you. But when you use a, a when you wear a smart wool style sock, when that wool wears away, what's left behind is the nylon. Right. There's the nylon. That's it. And that's it. It's just like wearing like the pantyhose because what you're doing, what you're talking about, is as you're walking, you're creating friction by using those two layer sock system, and that friction is also then going to be trapped in your insulating layer. Correct. But the products that are out now are, man, so much better than they used to be because I didn't have that the option to wear those socks like you're talking about. Right, we didn't yeah. have that. <clears throat> and and they're any of your big brands. I mean, I'm talking about these athletic socks. You just have to read the label. They'll tell you what you're, they're made out of. A lot of them, it's going to be some combination of something stretchy like um, usually it'll be polyester, nylon, and spandex. It'll be the combination. Mm-hmm. That That's what you're looking for. And I'll put those on. And then I will put a nice pair of wool socks. But the wool socks, again, they have to be big. If they're super tight, this doesn't work. It doesn't work. But when I put the wool sock on, I'll actually not push it onto my foot. I won't pull it all the way onto my foot. Because what happens, if you put it on normal, like you're going to put on a tennis shoe, when you stuff your shoe into your insulated boot, hiking boot, whatever it is, it really crams those socks together up on your foot. Now you've eliminated the airspace between and there's no air pocket. You just have the sock on sock on shoe. And so I'll actually not pull it all the way onto my toes, leave a little. So when I put it into my shoe, it places the sock where it should be. Now I go out. If it's really, really cold, I take one more step. I put in my pocket the small hot hands, one for each foot. I don't open them yet. One for each foot. If I'm going out someplace and I have to set, whether I'm going to be standing on a bass boat or I'm going to be setting in a tree stand or a hunting blind, if I'm going to be not moving for a while, once I get set up, I will actually take my boot off, let my foot cool off a little bit, and I'll take the wool sock off and I'll take that hot hands and I will place it underneath my toes and then I pull the wool back over the top and I put it back into my boot. 
and that is the toe oven. And that is the <laughs> most warm way I have ever found to keep my toes when the conditions are really, really, really bad outside. Well, that's awesome. But you can't walk, or right. you can walk, but it's not super comfortable. This right. is this. That's a tip, really, for somebody that's going to have to go be stationary. Yeah, setting, standing right. in one spot for but, all whew, day, hours. It you know? feels so good. Absolutely, that's a great, great tip. You know, with feet, the we used to call it a synthetic liner. I use the word pantyhose because that was going to help people understand it. But it's a synthetic liner of some sort. Mm-hmm. Before you put in that insulin, notice the theme: layer. synthetic, synthetic. Yeah, no cotton, and you also have to protect your feet from blisters. So we're not just talking here about warmth, but also clothing is going to do more than just warmth. We're also protecting your body, and for your feet, we got to protect from blisters. And that's why Brian's saying, if you're going to get ready to go walk, you got to get rid of that toe oven. Then, mm-hmm. you get, but when you're taking out multiple layers and you're taking out these items. There's nothing wrong with stopping and pulling your boot off and resetting your socks and refixing. You know, I take an extra pair of socks with me when I do on overnights. I take an extra pair for each day. That's one thing that brings me, like, so much comfort is after a long day, taking those socks off. If I'm wanting them to dry out, I put them in my sleeping bag with me because my body heat will actually dry them out faster. But the next morning, putting on a fresh pair or putting on a fresh pair after that long day, oh. Man, it just brings my spirits up. Makes me feel so good. So I always bring an extra pair of dry socks. Yeah, sock, are you, not keeping cotton. Your, keeping your feet dry and warm is a challenge, but it is very important because once they start to get cold, there's not really any warming them back up. No, and when your feet fail, man, that's what's that's what's one of the most dangerous things on guiding trips is making sure people are taking care of their feet because mm-hmm. the moment that one foot goes down, that impacts the entire group you're with. Now one, we have to get one them out. foot on one person impacts the entire group. It does, mm-hmm. and that's why we got to make for sure that we're keeping them dry. We got to make for sure that we're keeping them from not getting blisters. Yep, so important. Well, so. I think that's really good on the feet. Um, let's move on to the head because this is kind of an overlooked thing. People know to wear a hat. We addressed on Monday that the myth that eighty percent of your heat loss through your head is not true. But it still is important to cover your head because it's a very vascular area. There's not a lot of tissue there. There's a lot of um, blood vessels close to the head, uh, close to the skin. And we have to leave our head exposed somewhat so we can breathe and see. Uh, so we're going to lose some heat there. Well, I think you answered it so well that you'll read a lot of books that talk about 70 to 80% of heat loss to the top of your head. And I think that if that was to be the case, it's because people aren't covering it. Right, yeah. Because so, and, and yeah. you made such a good point on on the, on the uh, Myth Monday that it's anywhere that your skin is exposed. So that's the same way with our hands, our wrists. Mm-hmm. You know, like we are losing body heat, especially since we learned about the ways that our body does lose heat. So we got to cover them, right. keep them covered up. Most people don't carry around a stocking cap, you know. I think the army, I think that I think they issue you a stocking cap. Like that's one of the first things you get, which is crazy. But, but with the with the stocking cap, the 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 same thing though. You want to you want to get away from the cotton. You know, yeah. uh, Carhartt stocking caps. Not calling out a brand. I guess I am. Carhartt stocking caps are they're very popular. Mm-hmm. I own one, mm-hmm. and I do like to wear it when I am working, like cutting wood and all that. And you know why I like to wear it? Because it breathe, it breathes. It's breathable, but it's cotton. Yeah. So I put that on my head, and I can feel breeze through it. I really can. But when you put on a synthetic, especially a synthetic, you mentioned Polar Tech. I have a Polar Tech synthetic uh, cap. It is not. 
it is the least comfortable one that I own. However, it is the warmest and it is the driest. Yep. Um, but it, it also has little flaps that kind of come down over the ears to cover some more surface area. It's all about surface area when you're trying to stay warm. Anything that's exposed, you're going to lose heat from. When we're talking about these extremities, hands, feet, head. Yeah. And there are cotton products that people wear and they're like, Ben, uh, you know, so in, in the WEA, um, Wilderness Education Association, they talked a lot about Paul Petzold. And this dude climbed mountains, 14,000 foot mountain peaks in blue jeans and a flannel shirt and a leather pair of cowboy boots, which props to him. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I'll i go out on a limb and I'll say men today may not be as tough as the men. As Paul Petzl. As Paul Petzl back in those days. <laughs> I mean, just maybe we're just a different breed. I don't know. But he did it all in cotton, and that was kind of something that was talked about. It was discussed. So are there people that have survived and can survive in cotton? Absolutely. Especially when we're talking about snow. People are, are terrified of snow, of like, oh, snow's, snow is awesome because it's an insulator. Right. Like, it's so amazing. What's so dangerous for us where we live isn't the snow. It's the stuff in between. It's this rainy, sleety, nasty mix that we get, and that's what's so dangerous. If it was to snow all the time, great. You could probably get away with cotton until it starts melting against your skin or until you start sweating with it on. So cotton is so comfortable. It It's nice to lay around the house in cotton because it feels good. But when you get outdoors, the moment that you have a possibility of it getting wet, it is going to fail, and that's why it's so dangerous. Right. And that's why we're saying stay away. No matter what, from head to toe, try to stay away from cotton. Right. Um, if you don't have... Man, there are so many places that are getting cheaper and cheaper that carry synthetic fibers. So mm -hmm. check it out. But, you know, the head layer, not only are we really protecting when we're talking about cold, also from heat, the sun. I mean, sunburns, that's why we really want to protect our head wearing a hat of some sort because clothing is more than just keeping you warm. I know we've really focused on that in these winter months, but it's also protecting your body from sun, from sunburn, from blisters. So we really got to protect our heads that way too. Right. And then another area is your hand layer. And this is kind of where... Ben, before we move on to hands, I, I want to talk a little bit about the neck and the face. Because we, we have this head and our, our beanie really just covers the top. But if you look at where our shirt or our coat stops, you know, the base of our neck at our collarbone will say all the way up to our hat. That's a pretty big area. And again, it's very vascular and we can lose a lot of heat. We still have to be able to breathe and see... But when it is really, really cold, we're talking, you've got, you know, temperatures in the teens or below. And, and we do, we spend time outdoors in this and, and people that people still are able to go out and enjoy the outdoors in this. So there are people that need to take these steps and, and you're probably one of them if you're listening to this, but don't forget about your neck and don't forget about your face. So my personal favorite is, um, it, it's a gator or a neck thing, but it's actually a hood. It's it's made by Carhartt. It's fully synthetic. It's actually made for people in the trades. They they designed and made this for people framing houses and stuff this time of year because they still have to work. But you can wear it around your neck or you can pull it up over your head so it will cover your head and it will cover your neck. But it's skin tight enough that you can actually pull a beanie over the top of it. So now I have two layers of synthetic right. on my head. I can't really hear but I am very, very, very warm. Trapping that heat. And then you can also pull it up over your face if you want, and it's still breathable because it's thin enough that you can breathe through it. And it actually kind of feels good to have that warm breath as you're breathing into it, as long as you brush your teeth. <laughs> Otherwise, it's staying. 
kind of have that warm breath coming up over your face into your nostril because that tip of that nose is always going to get cold and into your eyes to help keep you warm as well. But now you've got your neck, 80% of your face, and your head covered. And then, when I was a kid, my favorite, I don't wear this anymore. I used to call it an Eskimo hat. It was a down-filled quilted hat. It's got the ear flaps that are covered in real rabbit fur. Oh, yeah. Oh, when you flap those babies down and that soft <laughs> rabbit fur hits on your cheeks, whoo, that is a warm, cozy feeling. You know, I remember those hats. I never had one personally, so I had to kind of use something different. I've always worn hats. I love hats. But I'll take my hat, and I just I put an oversized stocking cap over the top of my hat. Yeah. And that's worked really well for me. Cause you know about ball, your ball cap? My ball cap, yeah, oh, a baseball that, cap. See, that is so uncomfortable to me. I cannot do it. There's people I don't that like can't, it at all. Right. I think it goes back to your – there are people that don't like things over their ears in I general. I do not like you things know? over my ears. Because when you talked about bringing those <laughs> flaps down from the top and covering yeah. your ears, now it actually reduces what you can hear. It, it, does, it does make it harder to hear. Um, with me, with my baseball cap, with a stocking cap over the top, I feel like that hat actually provides a pocket – to where as the heat is leaving my head, because we do lose body heat from the top of our head. It does happen. We are doing it. But that insulating layer can, can that little vapor pocket um, can allow that warmth to be there with that stocking cap, trapping it in and kind of holding it there. Plus, it's thin enough that it protects my ears. But I still have the brim of that hat to where I can block the sun. Matter of fact, the other night I was hunting, and as that sunset was happening there to my west, that hat was so perfect with the stocking cap over because I could really bring my hat down and block that sun, but yet I still had that protection for my ears. Yeah. There there was one downside to those dang rabbit hats, though. What is it? If they got wet, they were done. Were they done? <laughs> they were done, and it stunk <laughs> like wet fur. Yeah. Really? <laughs> you could not get those babies wet. Yeah, I can remember having it on in the snow, and when you were done, I mean, you know, looked like you you drowned a dog or something. Like, right. Just, they were done after that. The, the last thing I want to add, the last useful thing I want to add for the head and neck area is don't overlook scarves. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it has to be synthetic. I love a, a fleece scarf. It, it's really comfortable. But you can wrap that around you. You can wrap it up. It's just so versatile. You can put it over your head, down around the side of your neck. I like wrapping it around my neck and just kind of folding it over because it actually will, I can tuck it down into my insulating layer. And it's like I'm just, I have this one connected warm unit of clothing all synthetic and and it really helps you can cover your face chin and all that with that scarf and i know it's a little fancy for some outdoor folks but it is pretty useful no and i have seen a lot of people with scarves growing up never really was one to to use it i don't know why i just i thought i don't need to wrap that around but when i started using them gosh i got warm and I i found it an effective way to control my body temperature because as i started getting too hot that's one of the first things I would take off. Before my coat, before gloves, take that off. Yeah. And it actually mm-hmm. begins to rapid cool. So you have to be careful, you know, as it's trapping that heat in. But that is a great way to help regulate your body temperature. It really, it really is. The scarf, I have to admit, and I, I think this was an Adam Keith one. I used to make fun of him when he'd bust out the scarf and he finally was like, Man, you gotta try it. And it's one of those things, once you once you try it, uh you, you're going to see how effective it is, and you're going to keep a, a, a nice synthetic scarf in your outdoor repertoire for the cold season, for right. sure. Now, right. what about for you, though? Uh, we've talked about pretty much head-to-toe, except for our hands. Right. Where are you at with hands? How do you what, – what do you use? What do you do? Well, we need our hands for a what? lot that we're doing. Are you doing. serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious, Clark. <laughs> we need our hands. Um, so I've done things. I've tried fingerless. I've cut fingers off gloves, not worn gloves, worn gloves – 
worn the big thick insulated ones which kind of like for me it's like having uh, flaps over my ears or having my ears covered i hate big thick insulated gloves because you can't do anything with your hands and you find yourself taking them off 36 times throughout the day because you just need you need your hands right so i have one i wear one pair of gloves and they are waterproof and they are windproof and they're not big and thick and insulated. They're just waterproof and windproof. So they do kind of keep your hands warm because they're keeping the moisture and the wind off. And if I can, I keep them in my pockets. And with your hands, you have access to your jacket pockets, your pants pockets. You can warm your hands up. If you aren't using your hands, keep them in a pocket with your gloves on to keep them from getting cold because once they get cold, it is so hard to warm them up. So the biggest thing is to keep them from getting cold and just get them out when you use them. Don't just be walking around with your hands flying around even though you're not using your hands. Keep them with gloves on and in your pockets and, and you'll have a better day. What I found for me that, that has worked for me is that once I have figured out my layering system, if I am truly keeping my core warm, my hands and my feet don't get that cold right because i i, I feel like because we, we talked oh, that's, this in, in is a, past a really episode, powerful thing you're getting ready to share you here. know when yeah. when you keep your core um your core can then really push that warm blood all the way to your extremities to your toes to your hands but as you start man as your body's trying to keep its core warm it will start constricting your blood vessels to try to keep right. more blood to the core of your body. To the keep things it that warm. keep you alive are in your core. Your so the core. second that your body senses that it may be losing body temperature, it is going to do everything it can to keep your heart, liver, lungs, all those things in your core yeah. warm. It really doesn't care about your fingers and your toes at that point. At that point, it doesn't, right. which which stinks because we're using those to try to help. And it hurts. Keep Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, but we're trying to use our, our toes and our, our fingers, our hands and our feet to get to where we need to go to mm-hmm. to protect our core. So kind of a conundrum there, but once you figure out how to keep your core warm, your core does a pretty good job of keeping your toes and fingers warm. However, we do have to layer and do it right. Right. And so for me, what's works on my gloves is I actually have found that I have a thin, I have a thin insulating pair, uh, pair of gloves that have a Gore-Tex liner on the outside. And that has worked so well for me in the winter months because I find that I take my gloves off a lot when I use my hands. So when I'm rifle hunting, I don't hardly wear gloves. So I usually have oversized gloves. I put them in my pockets, and that's where my hands stay until I need them. And then when I pull them out, a lot of times I'm barehanded right? because I just feel more comfortable that way. I can't do that for long periods, but I can keep them out for quite a while because I have found what works for me to keep my core warm. So even while I'm sitting in the stand, uh, walking along, fishing, whatever that is. If I'm fishing and using my hands, I may use a thin layer because we talked earlier about the how we can lose heat. That's another thing that stinks to do with gloves on is fish. It is hard. Use a rod and reel with gloves. But, but in the wintertime, you and I have fished many winter tournaments. We have, We've yeah. fished. I have found that for, I use a thin pair of gloves, and I, and I actually have the fingertips cut off mm-hmm. because I've got my core warm, and it's doing what it should, and it's going to produce heat to my hands. And with that thin, that thin glove, that's providing that that layer to block from touching the cold metal or the cold plastic, but yet my hands are still warm and it's effective because I can use them, feel them, and move them. Right. You know, out in the in the deer woods when I'm out where it's in the twenties, uh, we're below freezing. I'm probably not out on the water at that point. I'm in a stand somewhere. Um, I do have that insulating layer glove 
that is going to be waterproof, but I find that I take them off when I'm really needing to do work. Right. And so as long as I my clothes, my feet are covered, my head's covered, as long as my core is doing what it should, I don't always have to have a pair of gloves in that moment. Right. I can yeah. get away with it. Yeah, I, the hands, you know, I feel like you don't lose a lot of heat as far as keeping your core. So uh, your hands, I feel like you have some flexibility with them because you have your pockets, you have gloves, you're not always using them. But my biggest tip would be if, if you're not using them, to keep them warm. Keep them in your keep them in your pockets. Do what you need to right. to do to keep them warm. Keep them dry. Um, a lot of times, if if you're spending a lot of time outdoors several days in a row in the winter with the cold, your hands will start to crack. You know, I think even right now I have some cracks on my knuckles where your skin is literally just Dry breaking out. open. So yep. getting getting some kind of good winter cream to put on those dry parts to keep your hands healthy is really good because uh, once you start getting those dry cracks and stuff, then it's even more painful when you when you get out um, into the cold. So your hands are important, so take care of them for sure. You need them for pretty much yep. everything that you do. That's the same as your lips. Right. You know, really, I always carry lip balm. Mm-hmm. 365 days of the year. I do too. So bomb with sunscreen every yeah, day. Right. And and I guess that's the last thing I want to add to all of this. You know, if I took anything cotton, it would be a bandana because there are some uses for cotton when you're talking about 365 days out of the year. But with a bandana, you can use that as a face shield, as a face cover. And why I say you can is because no matter what you're using, whether you're using wool, you're using a synthetic, some sort of plastic fiber, when you're putting whatever you want over your mouth and your nose, as you're breathing out and breathing in, anything you put on there will get wet. Mm. It will get wet. And at some point, it will fail, no matter if it's wool, synthetic, whatever, because you're it's literally staying wet this whole yeah. time. Your, your respir- respiration, your, your... There's so much moisture. There's yeah. so much moisture. And so there are people that used to wear the bandanas, but they would take multiple and they'd switch them out. You know, And so you can get away with a cotton bandana, putting on a fresh one. But if you're not taking multiple bandanas to do that, then find you a, a good synthetic. I prefer wool because when it gets wet, it still will retain 80% of your body heat even when wet. And that's for wool socks, wool insulating layers from jackets to sweatshirts to pants, but especially there over the top of your face. Yeah. I love the smart wool. It's they've gotten a lot over the top of it. your nose and mouth. They've even got the alpaca wool now. Merino wool. There's and, all kinds. I mean, my goodness, it is so soft. It's not the itchy, scratchy stuff, and it's still so effective. Um, definitely, definitely recommend getting whatever wool you can get. The only thing I would say there is be careful not to put too much wool on because you can get hot. Yeah. If, if you, you really start, start sweating on some wool, uh-huh. and, and you don't want to sweat, you know, maybe think of a story there when you're talking about the moisture coming out of your face. I was in uh, Colorado one time skiing. And it was so cold in the morning, and I always had to be the first had to be the first one out there on the lifts, and got my my uh, fleece mask covering my my face. And as I'm going up the lift, by the time I get to the peak, that sucker is an icicle. I'm talking, my face is hurting because my whole face is frozen. Literally, it, my mask is crunchy. Everything is a frozen block on my face. And I don't want to take it down because it's just so cold up here on this mountain. And then I hop off the lift and I ski my route, ski my run all the way down to the bottom. When I get to the bottom, this whole thing is, I'm hot, I'm sweaty. This whole thing is now melted uh-huh. and it's just dripping everywhere. Yeah. And it was just like, what's the conundrum here? Because as soon as I get back on and go back up, it freezes to a solid block. And I ski back down and it's just dripping everywhere. But you got to have it on because it's so cold and up there on that mountain that you got to have your face covered. 
there is actually one more item that I didn't even think about until you just said that. That's really important. And that is sunglasses. Uh. You know, uh, you can even get into survival glasses when you're out in, in nothing but snow and, and how they make the the sun slash snow glasses. Yeah. Albedo protect from that protection. snow blindness. Yeah. Right. But sunglasses are a really important part of a of equipment to wear because um, there are times where it's not just we're talking about the sun, but we're talking about the wind. Mm-hmm. And as that wind, when you and I are fishing or up in a tree stand, when that wind's blowing all day long, boy, it dries, and it dries the eyes out, and it's important to have that barrier, and, and glasses can do that for you. So yeah, don't forget to pack that. That's an important one to have in any kit, some sort of bar- I've, I've never been one to wear glasses while I was hunting. Really? Because the reflection, I don't want to get busted. It's so easy to, to stick out, but definitely fishing or in a boat. Guys even wear motorcycle helmets going down the lake uh, just to keep their, their eyes protected. I've cold. never told this story, but I think I will. Uh-oh. Um, I bought a really cheap pair of sunglasses. They're black, had no reflection on them. They're just your cheap, standard black pair of sunglasses. Yeah. Um, they were polarized, which is why I liked them. Um, matter of fact, I think I was able to hold on to those longer than the $200 pair that I used to buy. <laughs> like, I love the expensive ones, but they seem to, to get lost or broken fast. But You know what happened to those $200 ones I gave you? They're broke. <laughs> <laughs> they broke. I it's loved okay, them. It's okay, man. I wish I had uh, another pair, but I've got my black ones. Um, I was actually sitting in a tree stand, and the way that I would set my stand up that night was bad. I was actually there at sunset facing it, directly facing it. and Facing the sun. Facing the sun. Yeah. And I, I put my sunglasses on, and I hunted in them, and I have actually shot and killed deer in sunglasses before. Well, you got one up on me, brother. Um, so for those out there that, you know, there's a lot of guys that how they wear their watches, they also turn their watch on the inside of the wrist instead of the outside. Yeah. Fear of a deer will see that as you're raising it up, and they can. They yeah. definitely could. Um, could it see my my non-reflective sunglasses? It could. Maybe it covered the whites of your eyes and made you even more invisible. Maybe. Maybe you're onto something. Maybe. Well, Ben, real quick, summarize what a good, warm winter outfit to go outdoors and be comfortable and safe is, um, and then we'll wrap it up. To answer your question, it's going to be dependent on the person as we started this off with. Right. It really depends on who you are, depends on what your body temperature is for you, it depends on what the activity is, what the activity is, what you're going out to do. But a good rule of thumb that we could share that this is true for every single person listening is don't wear cotton. Get rid of... Nowhere. And what I say by getting rid of cotton is don't wear that out in a wilderness trip, yeah. hiking, not backpacking, your, not fishing, on your feet, hunting. Not on your hands, not on your head, not right. anywhere on your body. Don't take cotton. Not even in your shoes. You know, I'm going to pick on my mom here. My mom, you know, she always talks about how she hates the winter months and she hates getting out to go shopping, to Christmas shopping because it's cold. And I'm like, well, mom, you could still layer. She's like, I hate layering, you know, and all of this. But when you actually find clothes that look good that you can still shop in, but you're still layering in, it's nice. And so that's what I would challenge you with. You're going out shopping. There are all kinds of companies out there that are making all kinds of fabric clothing. And it really just is finding what works for you. So what I'm sharing is, is if you could find a synthetic pair of pants that have a very thin insulating layer, that's all you need to get out to go from your car into stores, to go from your cars into your house. Yeah. If you're going to get out and go in the woods and spend several hours, if it's dropping below 32, 
start getting you some sort of base layer that's going to go underneath that thin insulating pant layer, that synthetic pant. I have the best tip to find the clothing that you're looking for. Uh-oh, what is it? All you have to do is speak it. Speak it out loud. Sometimes I think you just have to think it. Your phone's going to know and you're going to get Facebook ads for it. <laughs> so anyone listening, guess what? You're going to start getting ads for all kinds of synthetic clothing. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I just thought about that and now I'm getting ads for new boots. You, it's even, true. I haven't even looked for it. No, yet. you're right. It's listening. But that would be, you know, uh, wool socks. So wool socks, uh, shoes that are not too tight with your wool socks need to be a little bit bigger. Um, like we just talked about pants, maybe that base layer you need, depending on the activity, the temperature. If you have lace boots, don't tie them as tight as you normally yeah, would. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, kick those laces out, right? Yeah. Leave the laces on, but but <clears> give yourself some some room in those boots. Getting up into your, your upper half, you know, I have found for me what works is a synthetic t-shirt. I love a t-shirt because I tuck that in to my pants. Like an Under Armour t-shirt. Sure, an right. Under Armour t-shirt, anything synthetic, right? right? We've talked, it, Walmart has brands now that's all synthetic. It doesn't have to be Under Armour. Um, but a t-shirt. I love the t-shirt. And then from the t-shirt, that's when I either jump right into an insulating layer like a coat, or sometimes if I know I'm going to set outdoors and I may get warm or cold, then I'll add on a long sleeve synthetic, something that I can take off if I get too hot. Now, do you have a some, base layer on under your t-shirt? No, that's no. my t-shirt is the base layer. Okay. Because I like to tuck it into my pants. I'm always going to have it because most of the time when I get down in the wilderness, I'm going to go to a building somewhere where I'm going to find I get hot with my wool socks and even my, my insulating pants on. So I can take my all my layers off it down to my t-shirt mm -hmm. and then I'm comfortable indoors. Then on the, the chest, if I have my t-shirt, synthetic t-shirt, I can always take on and off my long sleeve synthetic that I would be wearing under my coat to where if I'm getting too hot, I can control because I love to wear my coat outdoors. I can take my long sleeve synthetic off under my coat, put my coat back on, and I almost find my happy medium there. Yep. Does that make sense? It does. And then from there, if I know I'm going to be in any kind of rain, wind, I've got a outer layer on that is going to block both of those things. If I'm going to be in an area where there is no wind, there I'm, I'm maybe I'm in a uh, tree house that's completely dry, but yet I know it's going to be below temperatures, I don't need those outer layers. I've got the tree house, right? But I need to know what that weather's doing, so I'm going to take that hard shell to protect me from that. And then that's when it gets into what do you like on your head? Do you like a stocking cap? Do you like just a hat with your, your rabbit ear muffs that you go right. over it? What kind of gloves do you like? Um, we've Don't talked about to cover that neck somehow. And then, and then really covering your neck. Maybe that's because you're wearing a hoodie and that right. hoodie comes up over and covers your neck, but you've got it covered somehow, some way. Um, lastly, the last thing that, that I think everybody needs to hear and is probably the most important thing when we're talking about layering and, and wearing that clothing. And, and I have found this, so many people do this, Brian. A lot of people will put on all their warm clothes and they go outside. And then they they wherever they're going, they go indoors and they leave all of it on. And they stay in there with all of those layers on. And they're going to be ruined because now they have defeated everything they were trying to accomplish the moment that they step back outside. Right. You know, that's why I make my kids, when we get in the house, we take coats off. Coats off. Stocking caps off, scarves off. Take those things off, hang them up, let them be there until it's time to go back outside. Because as your body acclimates to 
the warmth with all those warm clothes on, when you step back outside, now you've either been sweating the whole time inside, or now your your whole insulating layer isn't going to be as effective as you step right out, and it's right. going to take longer to warm back up. So take off your coat when you get in the house, and then put that coat on as you're leaving. I can't share that enough, but that's so important to do. Absolutely. I think if you guys take some of these tips as you go to enjoy time outdoors this winter, you're, you're going to see a, a big difference. Be very diligent about the cotton. Make sure that nothing you're wearing when you're going out in the cold has cotton in it. I bet you're going to see a big difference. I bet you're going to start to say, wow, I actually don't need as many clothes as I used to. When you layer and wear the proper non-cotton clothes, you're going to be amazed. You're going to be more warm. You're going to be more comfortable. And you're not going to be as stiff. You're going to be able to move. So I hope you're able to find time uh, to go out and try some of these things this winter as it's cold around you. There's still a lot of fun things that you can go out to do. Hey, Brian, got to thinking. A lot of people are like, Brian, this clothing stuff is way too expensive. It just costs a lot. I can't I can't go afford to go buy all that for my kids and for myself to go outdoors. Yeah, I my, understand that. My professor at MSU taught me a really, really awesome lesson is go check out the Goodwill stores. Go check out some of these places where people are, are, are giving up their clothes. I know that you may not feel like it. you can go shop there, like it may not be right for you to shop there, but if you a truly lot can't of times afford... you find the name brand stuff that you'd be paying for if you went to the big box store. You would. Yeah. You do. But what's really crazy is you find a lot of these products I'm talking about. That's where I got... That's where I started getting all my stuff. All my right. synthetic shirts. Guys, Walmart didn't carry all of it. Bass Pro didn't carry all of it. There was a day when we didn't have all this product, but at the Goodwill, it's a lot of the, the cheaper clothing back in the day was synthetic. Mm-hmm. And and they've always had it and they'll still have it. And people are donating those products all the time. And you can find really perfect for you and your family one outfit that you can get at those at those areas. So yeah. keep your eyes peeled, especially during this time of year. That's a really good, really good tip. I appreciate you sharing that, Ben. You know, if you guys like what we're doing, we would greatly appreciate you to support this podcast. If you go to... Uh, the link on any of our social media pages you can follow um, our patreon and you can become a member um, if you become i think we have five ten and twenty five dollars if you come to 25 we'll even send you meant to be outdoors hat we'll ship it right to your house we'd greatly appreciate the financial support there thank you for listening whatever podcast platform you are listening on hit the automatic download button subscribe share with your friends and family that is going to be it for this episode of the meant to be outdoors podcast as always stay warm and find time to get outdoors Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.